Hey guys, welcome to the Cup of Nurses podcast with your hosts, Peter Fendero and myself, Matt Slarczyk. This is COVID episode nine. We're giving an update on COVID and we are also going to give you an update on the protesting, everything that's going on and our opinion on the current situation and world news, we, we can say. How you doing, PD? I'm doing great. I'm drinking my tea. I haven't had tea for a while, but I'm drinking tea today. Black tea. Um, not because of the whole Black Lives Matter thing, it's because I have some, some black tea to drink with some burdock root. And of course, if you guys know, burdock root's an aphrodisiac, so I start looking at you kind of weird, Matt, with your whole with your whole 190-pound lean self over there. Don't take any offense. Just, just, just ignore it. And yeah. Just fucking now now, pe- now people know my weight, man. Fine. Um, 180 pounds. With Matt, Matthew Slartrick weighs between 175 and 205. Thank you. you See, now, now, now people don't know. You know, I might be short and slim or a little tall and chubby. You know, people don't know. <laughs> so anyways, what's going on with the world with COVID? I feel like COVID literally has disappeared from the mainstream media. and There's nothing covered about COVID. It doesn't exist anymore technically, but it sure still does. And we are still seeing it in the hospital. So what are, what are some stats? Yeah, well, from like the medical perspective, COVID definitely still exists. Um, if you work in a hospital, you know, you agree with us that COVID definitely is still relevant and still in existence. But numbers have definitely are looking like they are consistently stabilizing. I'm not saying that the cases and deaths are decreasing or they are decreasing, but they're not, you know, they're, they're not decreasing to the point where we would say everything, you know, is safe, safe to go. So cases worldwide, a little above 6 million uh, deaths about 380,000. And here in the States, you know, things are, you know, they're not as rapid as, as they were. We're definitely on a slight decline compared to where we were last week and a week prior. So U.S. has about 1.8 million cases with a little bit over 100K deaths. And states numbers, you know, also increasing. But like the category of states or like the, the worst hit states, they haven't changed in a few weeks. New York's first, New Jersey, Illinois, and then, then California. But you know, things are definitely starting to cool down, calm down. Um, definitely still, still flattening the curve. Definitely still, you know, be careful, guys, especially if you're older. And yeah, hopefully within, you know, another month, hopefully COVID-19 won't even be on the news anymore. But, you know, that that's has, time will tell. But it's definitely, we are definitely a lot further than we were in March and in April. It's, it's, already, it's already June. And we definitely, I feel like we did a good job as, as a country. A lot of people, you know, like to talk shit that you know we could have done more but no matter what there's always room for more right you, you can't really predict what's going to happen without actually going through it and it would have been cool if we had some states that weren't on lockdown like you know some samples that maybe would take a few states where it was as prevalent and kind of just let them ride it out because we can't really compare what we did now to a different way of doing things you know what i'm saying like there's no control group like what if we let it, had a handful of states just do their own thing, not close anything down, let them stay open how we were prior to, to the whole COVID thing. That would have been cool to see because what if, you know, all the things that we've been doing show to be less effective. Now we don't really know if you did a, did a really good job because we, haven't really, we have nothing really to compare to. Yeah, so because compared to other countries like, like Sweden, things like that, that were, that took different, different measures, but that's a whole different climate, different population, different people. It would have been nice to have a nice sample. Yeah, see, we have to realize that the whole lockdown came from Trump, you know, and the reason why we had a lockdown is because this is what they told him was going to happen, you know, like right now, as of you updated this today, you know, today is um, June 2nd when we're recording this. 
there's 107,000 deaths in America, correct? Based on the algorithm uh, that they got from, I think, University of Chicago, and then there's one in the, from London, right? They got all these statistics and what is a potential amount of deaths that, you know, they input some numbers and variables. Who the hell knows what kind of variables they put in, right? But it was, an est it was estimated that two point, up to 2.2 million people would die from COVID. And if we didn't lock down the country, those deaths would be so much more. If you're the president of the United States, you know, and you hear, hey, 2.2 million people are going to die from this if we don't do anything about it, like, what are you going to do? You are going to shut this down. And now we're starting to realize that, hey, there was 107,000 deaths. The media kind of fucking blew this out of proportion, right? And I think the CDC had an article coming yesterday that came out that said the fatality rate is 0.3%. It's, it's very minor. Uh, you know, the cases that we see on ECMO and stuff like that, they're, they're sick as a freaking sick as what? As I don't it know. Gets. As, it, as, as it, it gets. gets. Yeah. They're on ECMO. Their lungs are just complete shit. Like it's, you know, they're bad. They're bad. But for the majority, just like CDC said, also, we don't have to wear face masks for healthy adults in public. So I feel like our government is just completely, we don't have proper leadership. And I think we're starting to realize this. We're going to talk about the whole, you know, protesting stuff. We have complete loss, you know, loss in science and, the, and leadership, and we see it. But I understand why Trump closed the country, you know, based yeah. on the numbers that he and information he got at that time. Right. And like for perspective, like I probably would have done the same thing. Like the president, I would, you know, listen to whatever my uh, my counsel tells me. You know, these professionals, they're they're experts in the field of medicine. You know, not necessarily all are virologists or all have, you know. A medical background but everyone's opinion counts and i probably would have done the same thing like hey if if, if there's 2.2 million people lives online yeah shut the fucking country down you know at least for like a month then we'll, then we'll go from there because you never know you never know what, what could have happened if we just had everything open and it's interesting because the the universities and the colleges that gave us these numbers i don't want to get into conspiracies but bill gates has he funds these people right i think um University of Washington. I, we, we, me and Peter have like a text messaging group and we always share articles. I shared, I don't know how much millions of dollars he donated, you know, not saying that he's part of the whole agenda, but it's like, dude, it's, you know, like, where did these numbers, like who bullshitted these numbers? I'm saying, I wonder, and we're not hearing information of the guy that made these numbers. He didn't talk in, you know, the press conference. He didn't tell us what variables and what was his thoughts about putting these numbers together. It's just like, the news just told us 2.2 million deaths, freaking hide your kids, hide your wife, it's coming type of thing. Like that's all that happened. And out of fear, we were just completely reacting to the news and there was no logic behind anything, you know? Like we didn't, we didn't, you know, like who made up these numbers? And now we're seeing, yeah. we're seeing the repercussion three months later, like, fuck dude, 107,000 people died. I'm not saying the only, but from a huge, what's the population in the United States? Like 300 million something. Out of a huge population like that, like, yeah, it scratched the surface a little bit and it's sad what happened, but it's not, you know, freaking Ebola uh, rate death rates and it's not, you know, the black pay, pl plague that we um, thought that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's going to, I mean, it's going to be relevant for a while. Like, you know, at one point we had the flu epidemic and now what well, we have a flu vaccine and we you know how to manage, manage the flu and it's not as big as it was. So like with COVID-19, it's going to kind of like die out in a public eye, same way like flu kind of dies out in a public eye and then eventually becomes important during like with the flu season during the winter and fall times. Same is going to happen with, with COVID. It's just going to be 
it's just all hype for now because we're not sure what to do with it. It's something new, but eventually, you know, we're going to get, it used to be prevalent. We're going to get used to it being around us. We're going to be used to it just being part of life now. And eventually it's not going to get this much attention as, as it does now. Same with like, like, like the flu, but like, it's interesting to, to hear, you know, the whole Gates, Melinda Gates foundation, like, like Bill Gates, you know, he's the hop of this because he's been doing like a whole bunch of philanthropy in Africa and in medicine and vaccines and like biomed, things like that. And then when you have an operator like this, which is related to, to what he's doing, yeah, it's easy to, to, to point the finger or try to find like a scapegoat. Um, but when you look back when we had the financial crisis, who was, this, who, who was the scapegoat then? You know, the banks. The banks were so bad. JP Morgan, Chase, Chase Bank was horrible. Rajat, Rockefellers, you know, they own the, the, the central bank. It's, it's them doing this. And now it's like, hey, it's this community, Bill Gates, Bill Melinda Gates Foundation. So like, we, as like you got to be careful because like, as, as people, we like to put blame on somebody and we like to attach a certain event with somebody that's kind of um, been surveying it for a long time. You know, so Bill Gates is going to get a lot of backlash now because what, is, what does he do for a living now? He looks up, looks into medicines, looks into virology, looks into different bacteria, different vaccines. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, he's basically on, on, the, on the center of this. Yeah, so and the same and way so when the financial crisis happened, banks just were, were in the middle of it too. You, you make a good point because, for example, one of his buildings, it says, you know, Bill, Bill Gates Foundation and somebody photoshopped like something about depopulation and that was surfacing around social media. But if you look at the actual building, it's, it's debunked. And yeah, you have to be careful. There's a lot of fake news out there. Uh, what, well, he, did do a, he did do a TED Talk where he um, outlined, he gave like an equation for like solving pollution and like the whole uh, global, um, like a, a solution to basically decrease global warming and how to sustain the earth for longer than we think it's gonna be sustained. And in and, and that equation, one of the variables was population size. So I, I understand why a lot of people would think he wants to depopulate the, the world, which I mean, he, he might be, he might be, he might be trying to do this. I mean, I don't know. Um, have never spoken to him. I've never met the guy. You know, I've never seen him in person. So who the fuck knows if he even exists in like, in, in my perspective, but point of, yeah, but yeah, he gets a lot of backlash for that because in his little equation, he literally said that population size is definitely a, a, a key factor. And like, there's like three variables that he gave population and two other ones. And he like listed how hard or how easy these variables are, are to change. Like, you know, how, how much influence we have on these variables. And if one variable is easier to change than the other, and he went into this whole, whole speech, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. Cause well, look at science, like look at Reddit, how they're showing all this stuff that the earth is clearing up the ozone, you know, layer got better in the Antarctic. It always almost kind of makes you feel like shit. Like, wow, man, humans are really ruining the earth. Like more is technically not better, you know? So it's, it's science is telling us that more people is not good for the world, unfortunately, but you never know. We have almost 400,000 people that, that have died from this worldwide. And maybe Bill Gates found out that, Hey, if we kill half a million people every five years, we could add 6.6 .6 million years, earth years on, on our planet. Like maybe, maybe he figured that shit out. Maybe he, yeah. he figured out a, a, like who the fuck knows. Maybe he says, if you could get rid of this much people a year, we could sustain the planet for this much longer. Like that's possible too. That's, that's thing like way out of the box, but you know, like that, that, like, holy shit. Like you never know what these guys are, are capable of. Well, look, look at those pillars in um, Georgetown. I don't know what state this in. We know those pillars are put in place and it talks about like an agenda for depopulation. Kind of crazy. 
Uh, but that's conspiracy stuff. So if you guys want to hear more of that stuff, man, me and Peter are locked and loaded with that. But we're probably going to bring that on to the um, like the after hours show for that loud. We're going to talk about all this stuff because we want to keep it strictly pretty professional here. And then if you go deep and down to the layer of what we talk about, you'll understand what's going on. But long story to summarize the lockdown and COVID so we could hop into the whole protesting stuff. I want to John one thing before we, we hop off COVID. Sweet. So Me like, too. so Okay, for sure. I'll go first. I call dibs. Okay, so with the whole COVID thing is like, since we've had it for a while, like these people are on ventilators for, for a very long time. And a lot of times we know if someone is, is intubated for a very long time, they suffer from, majority of the time, they suffer from some kind of a neurological defect or some kind of a neurological issue. And why that happens is because if someone's sedated, even though you might give them a sedation vacation, um, you can't fully assess their neurological status. Like you don't know how they function without any kind of sedation or, or being not intubated. You know, you're not sure what's going on neurologically. And that's, that's crazy because if someone is intubated for a long time, there is a good chance that they might suffer a stroke at some point during that, there, or during that time that they're intubated, right? That, that happens quite a bit. You know, someone's on ventilator and you can't tell when they're having a stroke because you can't assess them because they're sedated. Again, like I said before, you do a sedation vacation, but you don't do that all the fucking time there a majority of the time they are they are sedated nothing you can do about it and and how do you figure out someone have a stroke if they have neurologic manifestations i understand they have no neurologic manifestations now with the whole covid 19 thing people are incubated for prolonged periods of time a lot of these people suffer from neurological deficits neurological issues another way we diagnose a stroke is you know a ct scan or an mri to kind of figure out if there's less confusion in the brain they're higher risk to take down to the MRI or the CT, because first of all, you got to bring him all the way down and they're not, they might be stable enough to get brought down. If they're on ECMO, they're probably not going to go anywhere. You know, if they're on CRT, you might be able to turn off the machine for a little bit, take them down, bring him back up, you know, if that's even a possibility. And then plus, you bring somebody down that's intubated into the CT machine or the MRI machine. What if you lose a connection with the AT tube? Guess what? The whole room is filled with, filled with COVID now. So a lot of these physicians don't even want to take it down because the, the risk of contamination is, is so high. And we're going to probably see a lot of these long-term intubations, especially these long-term effects from COVID-19. It's not going to be much respiratory. It's going to be more on the neurological side, long-term effects-wise, not acute. Yeah, we, we actually had one patient that we brought down. I didn't personally do it, but another fellow nurse, CT scan with ECMO, full vent support. Like That must have been a pain in the ass to taking all those drips down. But I like how you brought up that point for sedation vacations because, like for example, one patient I had, and this wasn't COVID, correct? It was just a guy that came in for endocarditis. As you know, endocarditis, you're at risk of having your, well, he had his valves being eaten away, but it, he could have clot up and create a lot of strokes. Uh, I had him overnight. He was just a hard person to sedate. He was bucking the vent. Like, you know, he was desetting. You want this guy to sedate it to help with his lung issue, you know? He was sedated all night. And then, you know, during the day I come back and I had him the next day. Actually, I didn't have him the next day. I was a break nurse, but I asked him, like, hey, how is he doing? And um, he, they, they did a sedation vacation during day shift because the doctor didn't like something, and he wasn't responding neurologically. Took him down for an MRI. Turns out he has 23 embolized, both, you know, both ischemic and hemorrhagic strokes in his freaking brain. We, did, we didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I'm not a bad nurse. I was doing the right thing and trying to sedate him to help his respiratory but yeah, this guy just started freaking stroking out because of endocarditis, and it's it's hard to it's hard to catch man when we're sedating these patients on um, drips. Yeah, exactly. Like when someone's like bucking the vets, someone's freaking out, 
You're not gonna say, hey, take him out of CT. No, you gotta, this is a cute issue. We gotta calm this guy down before we can do anything to him. And that's just how it happens. And you're not sure if it's like a neurologic issue or it's just him being uncomfortable with, with the, with the tube it is and down his throat. You just, you just don't know. And that's just, that's a, like the, um, that's a, the unknown, unknown portion of medicine. It's just, it's literally, you just treat it. And then hopefully it, you know, it progresses to a, to a better level. And if you don't know what's going on, you hypothesize, you try different things and hope, hope for the best because, you know, these people might have the same disease process, but guess we're going to treat it differently. We're going to manage it differently because everyone's different. Yes. Speaking of very interesting case, I had this uh, the night before. Uh, we have we have a patient that's been day number forty four ECMO. Correct. He got he got decannulated, so meaning he's not an ECMO anymore. He's on a trach, but the man is depressed. You know, I had him a week before, and I have him. You know, I had him yesterday. Flat affect, like just completely lifeless. You know, like you just feel this person is withdrawn. Um, and he was on, they, you know, they started the antidepressant and stuff like that. Nothing is working. So in the morning, the, uh, one of the ICU intensive is so cool, man. They prescribed the Ritalin. And that's, that's Adderall basically, right, for ADHD. And I'm like, wait, this is weird. You know, why is he getting this? And I asked the doc intensivist about it. He's like, well, this could kind of boost his energy levels up. So the doctor, it, it's such a cool crafted game because you don't eat. It's not what it's prescribed for, but we're trying different treatment modalities to see if it'll work. So they're giving him Ritalin to see if it's going to boost up his energy levels and his mood to actually want to exercise to get better so he could get out of bed because he's just completely atrophied. Like he could barely squeeze and lift his arms up because he was on a freaking ventilator slash ECMO for over 40 days, man, battling COVID. Crazy as hell, man. It's wild, man. It's it, crazy, it especially now. It's cool to see that now because – like it's COVID, it's a whole new disease. So it's cool to see like the experimentation and the hypothesizing going on. So like, like you said, like that guy for, um, gave Ritalin for off, off label use. Yeah, off label so, and use. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. Back to the yeah, it's like it, yeah. Sometimes and we we laugh about it. Sometimes, um, geez, I, I'm I'm like wondering what I can say, what I can't say because of HIPAA, but. You know, that same guy that had endocarditis, and I'm not exposing any names, so we're good. He um, he ended up having open heart surgery. He needed, um, he had an abscess on his graft. So he had uh, aneurysm that got infected from endocarditis, needed everything replaced, already a high-risk surgery. And he, he ended up having open heart, went completely to shit, was bleeding in his belly, ended up passing away. But I kind of asked the intensivist, I'm like, if he had 23, you know, strokes in his brain, what kind of quality of life is he going to have? Was there a point of operating on him, you know? And at that point, like, you know, I forgot how he worded it, but you're, if you don't do it, you're damned. And if you do it, you do do it, you're damned anyway. I forgot what the term, how he said it, but basically it was a Hail Mary, you know? Mm -hmm. Like there's nothing else we could do for this guy. Might as well see if we could fix one issue. And if it works, it works. That's but a good just, approach, dude. Yeah, man. Fucking yeah. This health yeah, healthcare is nuts. People people just don't mm -hmm. see it. Uh, but to wrap things up a little bit here, um, regarding COVID transitioning, it's crazy how, you know, I, I question whether it was a good idea to lock down because we have forty plus million jobs lost. So one in four Americans right now are without a job. The economy basically got reduced to nothing. Everything that Trump did and created basically got reset to zero. Um, we were, all our pastimes were removed. We were trapped to, you know, to deal with things. Alcohol, 
price, um, I think sales increased. We had more violence, meaning domestic violence, right? Child abuse cases, suicide rates increased. I don't know what the statistics are, but the suicide hotline jumped up like 40% because of COVID. So we had all these other diseases and everything that happened because of this. And now we're looking at the fatality rate of COVID. Was this a good thing? You know, was the lockdown actually beneficial to us as Americans long-term? I really don't think so with what's going on, man. Because right now our economy is pooped. Small businesses are pooped. And we, we don't have jobs, man. A lot of Americans, I'm, I'm thankful and grateful to be a nurse and have a job. But there's people out there that can't survive right now, man. And that's what's happening. And it's, and it's you know, manifesting into the lockdown and the protesting because we're tired of this shit, man. We really are as, as Americans, you know? Yeah, I'll, I mean, for most, yeah, I would have to agree. Like this lockdown might not have been, been, the, been the best, but like I said, it would have been nice to have some kind of a control variable. You know, yeah. We did not have that in these states. We kind of jumped on it um, very, very, very quickly. Like, I, I think, you know, the one good thing the president did, Donald Trump, was shut down the borders early, even though um, the World Health Organization did recommend it. He did it anyways. But yeah, I would probably have to, have to agree. I personally, I thought in the beginning that this COVID-19 thing was, was overblown and and when you know people kept saying hey this predominantly affects with their 70 75 years old and it takes out about roughly like one to three years of someone's life and the, the average age that people are dying for COVID-19 is actually higher than the life expectancy of a person in the United States that I was like hey this probably isn't as bad as we think it is like it's, it's bad working in a hospital and seeing this with, with COVID-19 what it, what it brings in what kind of patients to bring in how, how sick it is yeah, that is very serious. It's a very, it's a very serious disease when you get it and you're and you're elderly. You know, so so from that aspect, yeah, very dangerous. But for for our nation, for for the world, it probably is not as dangerous as you know the media portrays it to be. Yeah. If I if I was somebody that had a lot of fucking money and I'm trying to take down America, and I want to ruin American economy, I'm pushing for a lockdown. You know, and I feel like. You know, we we seen a lockdown happen, and then we had nurses that didn't have PPE, whatever, and we just blew that out of proportion, bro. The media just, the nurses, and, you know, the nurses kind of had a little chip on their shoulders, too. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm a healthcare worker. And, you know, I embraced it, too. Like, oh, I'm a nurse, you know? And that that showed on media, and all these people are supporting nurses, and it's a whole big thing. And, and we just, you know, we were just riding the fucking, the wheel, man. We're riding along with what mainstream media told us, and... Now looking back, it's like, wow, this couldn't, you know. Anyways, I mean, I mean don't don't get us wrong. I'm sure how some hospitals were missing a lot of their PPE. You know, we're not talking down on them. We're not we're not saying exactly. that they made it up. But yeah, but like as bad as the media said it is, it has it, it hasn't. I don't think it has reached reached that point. Like New York is is bad. Yeah, some some areas are bad, and yeah, and I, I agree with that. But it's not as bad nationwide as we thought it would be. So now we'll see how the world rebounds from this. Yeah. Exactly, I agree with you. So, death of George Floyd, man. And before I before we go into this topic, um, me and Peter don't understand, you know, um, racism to that degree. You know, we were bullied when we were younger, and we were bullied for not knowing the American language because we're, you know, both um, foreign um, kids. And I still struggle with the grammar. I actually, I actually notice I my my dare and dares I mess up so much. I think when I get back home after my contract, I'm going to go take an English class and brush up on my English extra crispy. But anyways, so I'm going to call you out. I, you're not going to take no damn English class. I know you're going to take no damn English class for sure, dude. 
Shut up. I'll, I'll probably take a course <laughs> or something in Udemy, you know? I'm not going to go to college. Maybe that. Maybe that. I'm not going to go to college and take a course. I don't got time for that shit. I'm going to write a 15-page paper on Van Gogh because it's a requirement. I would have left the damn class. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of that shit. Anyways. I'd be like, I'd be like, sir, I have a lot more important matters to attain. Just teach me this grammar shit just so I don't have to Google how to spell these words and let me be. Maybe if I wanted to make a viral video, I'll have somebody, I'll have you come into class, you know, record it really quick. How I walk out and just, you know, say some shit to the teacher, make it go viral really quick. <laughs> anyway, so no English class for me. So we don't understand exactly what's happening when it comes to understanding the racism that happens for, you know, African-Americans. But we're trying to shed some light of what's going on and we're trying to understand it to the best of our ability. And before the show, I did try to ask uh, a fellow nurse that's African-American how he had hit growing up, you know, to understand. So don't take take everything with the perspective, just like the news and listen to what we have to say and then formulate your own opinion and always do your own research. Don't believe everything we say. Go research what we say. I mean, we don't bullshit. That's for damn sure. But still, D-Y-O-R, do your own research. Exactly. So death of George Floyd, basically what happened, um, a police officer that was working for the what, Minnesota Police Department for 18 years kneeled on George Floyd. His name was Derek, is it Chauvin? Chauvin, something like that. And it seems like it was more personal, meaning they worked together before. So who knows what the real story is? We're still going to figure that out. But he was not as personal. Like they were together, like, like years, years, years ago. Yeah, I mean, they're and they're they didn't they didn't work like like side by side. How like you work with your nurses or like you he, they they worked in the same facility. Not necessarily, you know, they, they didn't see each other like as often as people might, might think. It's it's like it's like us and environmental services. Like like you see the, the person that brings up the meals, but you don't really have too much of a conversation with them. You just you're doing their thing, they're doing their thing. But they do have a history. They they've met before in this like before this encounter. You are right. And for sure, this is police brutality because he was on the ground. He was completely, you know, not able to do anything. And he was saying, I can't breathe. You know, like it, the scene is fucked up. And what's weird, too, is in the scene is like the, the people that come in. And I don't know if you watched the video. The people that came didn't even check his pulse, like didn't put any oxygen on the man. Just just like put him on the damn stretcher like a body and just like took him away. Like. I don't know, man. I feel like whoever those EMTs were, I want to go talk to those guys too. There was no professionalism whatsoever. Weak as fuck. Like they like threw him on there and they're like, they like dropped them at one point, I'm pretty sure. When they're first trying to put him up, they couldn't pick the guy up. Yeah. And, and like the first thing that comes up, if you're picking up somebody, somebody like that, like would you not have knowledge to like check the pulse? Like this guy's like not moving. Like you barely got him on the cart and it would they just wheel, wheel him away. Like, yeah. wheel, like, like the wheel, someone, like the wheel away, somebody that's dead, like to the morgue. So, yeah, supposedly they had like uh, a body armor on as well. So I wanted to investigate that after we watched the video. But regardless, the way that was handled is complete bullshit. They didn't even check a damn pulse. If you have a guy that's laying flaccid like this, like, aren't you wanting to save his life? So I, I want to I know. I want to hear those people speak about this. Like, what did they think? What happened in the ambulance, right? Did they do chest compressions? He was already pronounced dead when they had him. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much to the story. But anyways, long story short. Protest um, broke out for accountability for, you know, George Floyd and what happened. And as of now, the man is um, arrested, correct? He's going to get charged with third-degree murder? Yeah, or and is manslaughter, it for, yeah. And manslaughter? Third-degree third and manslaughter. I'm not sure what third-degree means, but if it's third-degree, it's... I, it's I mean, it's, it's I think first-degree is the highest, right? First-degree is the highest. 
so, yeah. so I took a law class. I learned something out there. So first degree murder is basically it was um, don't quote me guys on this. It's it's intentional, meaning you had a plan, you had a purpose and you executed that plan um, for this to happen. Correct. Third degree is meaning you kind of did it out of emotion. So if you know, you can't you came up, you came upstairs to your room and your wife is cheating on you and you kill the guy. That's not first degree murder because you didn't have a plan to kill the guy. You reacted out of emotions and it's third degree for that reason. You still kill the guy, right? Mm -hmm. So you just, you'll have less years in prison basically. But anyway, you know uh, that, yeah, I don't know that term exactly. I man, exactly as it sounds, manslaughter, you slaughtered the damn man. <laughs> yeah, I, what, I, I told not, you, huh? Not to, yeah, not, not to laugh, but like, what are the repercussions? Like, you know, like first degree is probably you're going to be in jail for like 25 plus. Yeah, yeah. There's no way of you getting out of it. Third degree is almost as, as bad, but you know, obviously it's not as bad as like first degree and second degree because it was more based on emotion that you actually thoroughly go into the process of, hey, I'm going to kill this guy in this manner. Yeah. Manslaughter, I don't fucking know. It sounds worse than murder. Uh, yeah, I, I could look it up right now, but for the sake of the show, we're good here. And he's going to appear in court later this month, the police officer. So, so we'll see what happened. But long story short, man, protests have broke up all across America. I feel like COVID was already, you know, bad enough. And we had a curfew and stuff. Now we have curfew again. I think in L.A. at 6 p.m. we got to be home. And cops are just patrolling the streets and um, the National Guard. So it's messed up what happened. And I feel like finally it's like, it's a can of worms that got opened up, and I feel like we should be standing up. I, I, I respect everything that's happening. Unfortunately, there's people that take advantage of the situation and are, you know, looting and rioting. But shout out to all the people that are making a difference because making a post on social media with a black screen <laughs> doesn't do absolutely shit for for this. You know, like we, like it's just solving an internal guilt. Like, oh, I didn't do anything. Let me post a black thing, and I did it too. I'm accountable as well, but. We should be, you know, hitting up our mayors or whoever it is, our representatives uh, that's that's in our community, signing petitions and bringing real change. That's what we need. Not social media, real change in the world because it's messed up what's going on. And police brutality has been around for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, is it a matter of like of races? I mean, I, I don't know, but I, but I'm leading toward, towards, yeah, because we hear a lot about you know police officers you know harming the african-american community and like with the whole rodney king key um rodney king thing and then um ferguson and then now and now this like it's kind of just shows that you know racism still you know isn't isn't fully 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 like rid of in this country systemic like, bias would that, yeah would that have happened to a person that, that that was white i mean i have no idea maybe but in this situation it happens to be an african-american and you know, it's not fair. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a police officer. I'm not sure what the culture is on, on police forces. Like, you know, I'm not sure how, cause you know, you, you can tell nursing culture is because you're a nurse. Like, you know, if you meet a, a nurse, they're going to, a lot of times they're going to have a lot of similarities with you. Like some of that, the, what's it called? The aneurysms. They have similar, aneurysms. you have similar jokes. You're going to have similar understanding. You have a similar way of, of looking at things. And I'm not, I'm not sure what, what the culture is like that. in you know, in a police department, like, is everybody like racist? There are some people that are, that are racist. Is it, is it like, do they have like, these inside jokes that make fun of different cultures or diff different races? Do they look at African-Americans differently compared to people that are Latino, compared to people that are Asian, compared to people, you know, 
that are brown, black, green, you know, white. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how the culture is, man. Yeah. And what about like um, tests for police officers? You know, like, is there a way to test police officers to see their personality if they if they're going to have a systemic bias? Like, what? that's another thing. Like, I feel like cops are just educa- educated really quick and boom, they're just becoming, I don't know, actually, you know. So don't get offended for what we say. This is just complete opinion. But what's the educational standards for police officers? You know, like should they? Know, you're, you're, yeah, but it's really the. Is bring it up? Like, is there a tests where are there tests that can predict someone's bias towards someone's skin color? Right. Like, there's like lie detector yeah. tests. I mean, yeah, but who knows how those were? Lie detector tests aren't. They're not gonna really. They're not gonna be able to tell you like your internal bias because it's your internal bias, like you know. Like how many times have you said something and you're just like, then that's kind of inappropriate. You know, you realize it later that, Hey, what I said was probably inappropriate, but you just naturally just said it. Like some of the people have like internal bias, like they might not be realizing, realizing that they're, that they're being racist or they might not realize that they're having a bias against this person or, or against this thing or, or the way they do certain things. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Like maybe there's some exam that, you know, flashes. I, mean, I have no idea, but just throwing this out there. Maybe there's like a test where, you know, just a police officer with a gun and then they have to react quickly. You know, so maybe it shows like African-American doing the same thing as a white person and it's, a, it's like a randomly organized. And is, and does a police officer take a certain action depending on, on a person's skin color? Like, you know, does he, does he pull a gun quicker on African-American compared to a white person? You know, like that would be an interesting thing to look at. And, and we have the research, the tools, the science to test it. And that's what we should be doing. We should devote some time into this because it's a big manner. You know what I mean? We, we should have a, uh, scientific experiments to find out exactly what the heck's going on on a deep level with like police officers and stuff. Like we, we have the ability to do it, whether it's going to be done. I'm not sure. Cause for example, um, the June 1st, president Trump delivered a speech, correct. With what's happening. And he basically said, you know, we have everything under control and we're going to just basically take out, take out the attack dogs on you. These looters, they're going to go under, you know, they're going to get penalized to the highest degree. You're going to go to prison. He announced Antifa as a organizational terrorist group. So cool. He's addressing what's happening, the problems, correct? But in his 10 minute speech, he did not address police brutality or what's going on. He didn't bring up that issue. It's like, let's just, let's just, you know, kind of sweep it underneath the rug. No, man, we have to, we have to protest against this. We have to have some kind of justice. We have to change the system, bro. That's, that's what this is. And it's interesting to see what's going to happen because the trial is supposed to happen at the end of the month. So we have a solid, like, you know, two or three weeks before we even figure out what kind of verdict this guy's going to have. Is he going to get charged with, with third degree? Is he going to go to jail for the manslaughter? What's going to happen? Like, you know, so I'm not sure there's going to be rioting all up until that trial. I'm not sure. I have no idea. What, I, have, I don't know what to expect. You know, expect the unexpected. And this is kind of what we got to work, like, work with. Is there going to be riots all the way up until the date of trial and afterwards? Like, who knows? That's definitely, definitely possible. Yeah, like, you know, but but if okay, if I was a judge, like that video, literally shows that that he killed them. Maybe not not with intent. Maybe he had intent. I don't know. That's gonna be like next step to, to figure out. But that video, you know, it didn't. To me, it didn't look like he wanted to kill him. To me, it looked like he he did kill him, and he probably did it on emotion, which is not right. Don't get me wrong. It's it's not right to do that. I was completely He's for sure, for sure, go to jail for murder. For sure, he for sure murdered this guy. No doubt about that. But now it's the job, now also job of like the jury or you know or the, the juror or whoever's doing the trial, depending on what kind of trial this is, is to decide what was their intent. 
It was not yeah. intent. It's interesting because murder is, I, murder is clear. Yeah, I, I actually was on a jury for a first degree case, by the way. And um, it was a kid that he shot somebody. Um, basically, the kid didn't do anything, but he he partook in the um, the murder. The, his friend shot the guy behind the backseat because he tried to rob him. And they both ran away and they both lied about it. And then afterwards, you basically have to make the decision whether he, he, he gets first degree murder or not. And we were both in the back and the, you know, cause we're the jurors, all 12 of us were there. We're just trying to make a decision. It's crazy, man. You get the evidence and you'd have to make a decision. So we'll see what they do for him. But we can't deny the fact that like, dude, our society is becoming more police and materialized militarized, which is kind of scary, man. Like we, we did not have PPE to fight COVID but we had no issues rounding up and cr and creating cities into basically military bases ASAP Rocky, right? <laughs> and we have a bunch of military on the streets. We we did that within a day, but yet we don't have the proper way to freaking fighting off healthcare and like you know, like it just puts things into perspective, man. Like we're just, it's it's sad, man. And the thing, like it, you're completely right. It does put things into perspective because if the police is this prepared for this to happen, then there clearly is a history of this happening, right? Yeah. I guarantee you now we're going to have plenty of PPE. We're not going to have to worry about PPE to prevent this from happening again. But guess what? There's been so many riots in history. There have been so many looting in history and so many issues of, of racism and th things like that going on where the police have the equipment on hand at all times to fight this because we've been having a long history of this happening, right? So this is not new. This is an ongoing issue. That's why it's so milita milita militarized. Now we both both of us can't say that damn word, dude. Bunch of Polacks, man. This yeah, is what right? we struggle with. You guys can make fun of us, see? <laughs> yeah, it's why I prepared because this has been an ongoing issue. Like this shows that their their responses is so quick that it just shows how prepared they are for this happening. So clearly, there's a history of this going on, and there is no no change. There has not been anything done to address this because if there was been some change. There would have been some other change in the protocol, and this would be happening, right? Instead, they just armed the police. Instead, they just armed police to be able to take on more rioters and more effectively. That's all that happened. So we're still dealing with the same issue, and social media just keeps exposing it because we're starting to see this and what's happening, you know. And I've been like all weekend. I was just down a rabbit hole looking at everything, the videos. Like it's messed up what's happening. But what's interesting is these bricks. I don't know if you saw these videos, and it's happening. I think you could go on a hashtag on Instagram and type in Bay brick and it's showing how these bricks are placed in different places in the cities where these, this looting happened and it, and how come this was strategically planned, you know, and then there's people that are, you know, that there's peaceful protesting happening, but there's also people that are trying to make this violent and ruin the, the movement of black lives matter. And there's white people that are doing this too, where they're rioting, looting, correct. But this whole brick thing is interesting where these bricks are being laid around and there's no reason for them to be there, but for destruction, who's placing them there? Why are they trying to ruin the movement? It's, it's such a trip, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. Cause like there is anarchists and like there's people in Antifa cause Antifa was made as an anti-fascist movement. Like they're anti-capitalism, anti-communism. They like believe anti in no government, no government. Exactly. Yeah. So it's crazy because there's people that, aren't really rioting or protesting because of the cause they're doing it because they get the satisfaction from destruction and, and seeing chaos, which is the complete opposite 
of what's going on right now. You know, like we're, we're fighting for like people are fighting for justice. Like this movement is a movement for justice, not only for George Floyd, but for everybody else that has gone through this or and to prevent this from happening again. And people that are anarchists that are taking these riots and, and, and start them, they do it for their merely just for their enjoyment. It's because they want to fuck some shit up. Yep. They don't care what's going on. They don't care what happened. They just find opportunity to get their snaky ass in there and cause a fucking scene and cause a panic. That makes the whole thing look bad. Yeah, there was one there was one guy that had a chisel and a hammer and he was breaking down concrete to actually create rocks to throw at the protesters. And these people freaking basically grabbed him and threw him in the with the police so they could arrest him because he's causing trouble. So there's a lot of stuff that's going on and there's a lot of sides. But what's what's crazy is that it, and this is a term that I would call fourth diamet fourth generation warfare. And, you know, we're not fighting war anymore with basically guns. We're, warfare is happening on digitally, man. And with everything that's happening, the media is giving us an opinion of what's happening. I didn't see one, one, one thing on the news that showed a peaceful protest or cops marching together with them and, and, or kneeling down, all this positive stuff, all negativity. People are burning, stores are getting robbed, stay home, fear, 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 fear. And this is what I call fourth, fourth generation warfare. The shit that we're seeing on our news feeds, Facebook, Instagram, it's all, think about it. If there's people that are trying to show us a perception, this is all that's, it's all happening on there. The memes, everything that's happening. For example, those black squares that are, that we're seeing uh, being posted, right? There's people that are saying, don't use hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag BLM, because protesters are using for it, for it with communication. So now we have a bunch of black squares and the, the police brutality, everything that we're seeing that's being posted and shared, now it's all going to get covered up by black squares and disappeared. So we have to be very careful what's happening because if there's people that are trying to battle a positive movement, there's also the counterproductive people that are trying to kind of sweep it underneath the rug. Yes, and that's what, that's what could be happening right now. We have to be very careful with this warfare that's happening with memes that are changing your perspective and swing you a specific way. Like there's... There's literally a battle for our minds right now, man. Like it, it, it's happening because if you control perception, you control reality. Right. So, and like right now, and that's what's another thing is I have to learn how to detach from stuff because if we're, I'm watching this for two, three hours, all the shit that's happening, it's, it's so real in my mind that it's going to generate fear. It's going to make me want to stay home. The world is a bad place, right? It's crazy how it happens, man. The time you should be worried is if you're seeing the same thing on each media source day after day, week over week. If you're seeing the same information or the same agenda consistently through all the TV sources, you know, CNN, CNBC, Fox News, or all the other news stations, if they're all pushing the same idea for weeks, weeks on, weeks at a time, and not giving you other sources of information, that's a time where you should be worried. That's the time where you should kind of look out of the box. Like, why is there only one opinion being being looked at? Why is there only one viewpoint being being pushed? Like, that's when your brain should start start thinking about something else because a lot of times there is something else going on. Like, if it's if it's like a one day, two day, three day thing, that's okay because maybe that does need need that that focus of the news. But if it's day in and day out, weeks and months, the same thing going over and over again, same thing on all news networks, and it's all it's feeding you. That's when it becomes an issue because then that is gonna like Matt said, it's all like for your attention. 
eventually that's going to get drained into your head. And that's the only idea you're going to have. That's the only one opinion you're going to have is, is that, is that opinion that what they're feeding you, you know, and it could be someone that's completely unattached to that. So when you're getting a lot of information from a lot of different areas and it's telling you these different things, it might seem like it messes with your mind. That could be another, you know, misinformation campaign is they give you so much information where you don't know exactly what is going on. But the thing is to be kind of like in the middle, you could say. And the only way you can be in the middle is if you, if you look at different sources and make your own opinion out of it. You might not be right. You might, not be, you might be wrong. But at least you kind of have your own opinion informed. And then, and then you have to not be ignorant. You know, because if I always make my own opinions and if I'm always right, then guess what? I'm being more biased than the than, than news station. So it's all about forming your own opinions. It's all about gaining your information from different places, different aspects. And the only way you can do that is if you actually talk to people or if you actually put in the effort to look up these things, not just take whatever they're just for as, as like the truth. Yeah. And what's, what's messed up is like, there's people that are supporting the movement. There's people that are not supporting the movement. They're looting. It's bad. And once again, guys, this is divide and conquer. And we're, we're seeing, a, we're seeing instead, I feel like with COVID, we, we had a unity. We're coming together and let's all do this. And now it's like, let's be separate again. And it's like, bro, it's like, it's like the, it's like the political news is just showing different stories. Right. And it, we're just constantly getting broken down and just being divided. And it's like, you know what? I'm tired of this shit because everything is freaking political. Everything has to be political. There's always has to be a side. Always have, there's always has to be a different category, left, right. Op, there's always an opposition. Everything that we're experiencing right now in life, it, it's, it's pissing me off because we can't live freely without politics. And aside from like the pl- Black Lives Matter and everything, shit, I'm about to go protest just for the sake of just changing something in America and standing up against police brutality because it's I'm tired of this shit myself, you know? This yeah. system literally has no benefits for the middle class. The, the, the middle class got messed up. If you, even if you look at COVID, if you look at Amazon, Facebook, they made billions of dollars from this. Yet the middle class is fucked. Small businesses are still being ruined. And just like, you know, in history, the, the rich get richer and then we get keep, we get poorer, man. And then we have the cops that are, are that just has to keep us in place and tell us to shut up. That's, that's, that's exactly what's happening. If you look at the big picture, it's mind blowing, bro. Yeah, dude, it's, it's crazy, man. Like it's, I mean, I, I'm not saying, cop- we, I'm not saying we have to overthrow the government. But if this continues, I think we have no choice but to do something like that. Yeah, we need like like healthy politics and like actual solutions to this. Like this can't just get swept out of, out of like under the rug because like if nothing is done and justice isn't isn't given, then you know the thing is with with time, the longer they could keep it under the rug, it's gonna fade away. But the thing is with these kind of issues is I feel like they get worse and worse over time. That if nothing is done now. The next time it's going to be even worse. You yeah, know, not just not just for the rioting, but next time it could be not just one person; it could be two or three people that are gonna get are, are gonna get killed by, by by police. Like there has to be, they have to. I think now is a time to maybe even restructure the whole like police department. Like you know, if clearly they're doing something wrong. You know, it wasn't like shit happened in Baltimore, shit happened in Chicago, and now it's now it's now it's Minnesota, Minneapolis. Like, like like stuff keeps happening, and why does it keep happening? It's not just you can't just hand somebody. A piece of paper and put in new protocols in place. It's going to be like a new in-service. Like we got in-services in a hospital. Like this isn't an in-service isn't going to solve this. Like there's some kind of issue like deep inside the police system, and 
it has to get, you, you got to pull that root out. It's a weed. It's a weed in, in the system. We got to pull out. I'm not sure if it's the way that the higher ups do things or what exactly is going on. Maybe people are too comfortable being in a, in a high position of power in the police department and don't want to change anything. Because they just want to, you know, retire in five, 10 years and just kind of want to ride it out. That's not the shit. That's not how shit works. Like shit has to get changed, has, has to get done. You can't just chill and wait for retirement and then have somebody else solve, solve these problems in the future. Like, no, yeah. like this has, to, you have, this has to be solved now. Yeah, man. Race, the race war, racism, everything, and it has to get fixed. And the thing is, is that we're, we're not electing proper people in America for this change to happen. And that's what's messed up is the people that have money, the people that are funded from bigger people, corporations that want a good change. Well, what do you know? Those are people that get elected. Like we have to choose this year to vote for the greater of two evils. Joe Biden, which freaking is deep in who knows who knows what's pockets. We'll talk about it some other time. And then we got Trump. And it's like, you know, both both of them are a bunch of wax. They're not going to make any difference. And this is who we have to choose. Like, what a freaking broken system, man. I, like, Andrew Yang, like, that guy had a lot of freaking great ideas. Young guy, a lot of interesting political cha- change that could have happened, right? I, I'm all for trying something different. And that's what we need, man. We need somebody that understands this problem, whether it's in healthcare, whether it's in, you know, police, and could put forth a plan like um, Bernie Sanders had it with healthcare, and we could push a different idea. Because clearly, shit ain't working, man. It's, it really isn't, and it's, it's sad what's happening, dude. And it's like, and the middle class is still getting fucked, man, and the rich are still getting richer, so what are we going to do about it? I have no idea, but this year has been fucking nuts, dude. It's been, it's been crazy, dude. Start with Epstein, COVID, and now we have, you know, police brutality. Like, it's, it's dude, I, has, has shit like this been going on, like, all the time, or is this something that's, like, new for the past year? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that I don't know, but for sure, right. the propaganda machine, the news, started cranking stuff out a lot quicker, man. Like, I feel like last year, there was things happening, and then there was like a break, and we slowed down, and we were able to kind of like, whatever, think about it. Right now, it's, like, it. it's in full gear, man. Right now, the propaganda machine was what's happening. is just It's just one after another. Uh, we're just like, and it's creating us to be in fight or flight and we're just like the sheep following with whatever has to happen like you know like the lockdown it's like again two admissions it's again like two yeah. admissions like you get a critically Ill, Ill patient that comes in and you set them down and then you try to figure something, something like you didn't try to read their history figure out what's going on you have another admission so you even know the hell's going on with one patient now they gotta stabilize the next one and then when 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 like shit's a fan you don't know anything about either patient because you didn't have any time to fucking digest why they're here what happened what led to them them coming here and then when they call you're just like he came for this and this, and they asked you all these questions. You're just like, I don't fucking know, dude. I just had two crash patients come in, one's coding. I don't know what the fuck to tell you. This is all I know. And you can't make a decision about anything because everything is done so quickly and you're so like a fight and a flutter response where nothing gets gets like fully handled. Yeah, you're right. You can't even think logically. You're just like, you're just basically dumping out tasks, <laughs> waiting for a 12-hour shift to be over so someone could come, come handle the situation. And then after you give report, you have that sense of a relief. You're like, whoa like this all just happened and you just try your best you know yeah try our best but you know changes like, like we try try our best all the time but like if a system doesn't work gotta be fixed you are right fix and man i always look at like mlk i'm i always look at mahatma gandhi like the way they did like civil disobedient protests like bro peaceful as hell 
And like Mahatma Gandhi basically restored freedom to India from Britain. Like this happened across the damn country where they marched and stuff like that. And like if shit doesn't get fixed, we just need a giant peaceful protest, maybe to like Washington, D.C., swarm everything, take a kneel, whatever, sit down in meditation pose so we are peaceful and just ask for change, man. It's going to have to happen. And, and that's what sucks about what, what's, what's happening to looters is, you know, people took advantage of the situation and there's people that wanted to basically destroy the credibility of this movement. But we can't let this kind of get swept underneath the rug. If, it, if shit doesn't yeah. get changed polit- politically, we got to keep pushing for it, man, because these institutions are broken. Beautiful words, Matthew. I, I think Cup of Nurses is becoming a freaking. We're, what are we starting a movement here? We're doing. I don't know, but we're well, not. We're not into politics. We're just. We're just sharing what the heck is going on because everybody's affected by this, and we're trying to give you the most logical facts, opinions, and for you to create your own perception of what the heck is up. You know, man. You say we're not into politics, but nine episodes out of ten, we started off with politics, dude. Before the camera starts rolling, always about politics going on. You are right, cause it's cause it's affecting so much our life, man. And yeah. just like I was now, I just now that I notice on the show, I'm just saying I'm tired of it. And I am tired of it, man, because everything has to be political. Everything is left or right. Like I never cared for that, man. I am I am my own governor. I am my my own government, and I do whatever the f I want to do because I am my own person. And I'm tired of like not having the freedom to do so and living freely because everything is is constructed with this broken ass system, man. Yeah, I'm, not, more. I'm not an anarchist either. Just saying. <laughs> oh man, not yet. Not yet. Maybe maybe I'm gonna join Antifa, guys. Yeah. Freaking. Let's not let's not give um a good cause a bad rep. You know. Correct. Correct. So I, I am all for with everything that's happening. Black Lives Matter. I agree, and we should stop police brutality and systematic racism in the system. We got to fix the system, guys. We got to pull those weeds out of there, figure out why this is going on, and do something and change. Some kind of change has to be implemented. We can't do it alone. Me and Matt, we're only two people. It has to come from some kind of a higher level of government or or higher level of, of control because, you know, these projects are great. Like, it's great, and hopefully they, they, they keep going. Hopefully there's not as much violence as we've been seeing. Most of these protests are, are nonviolent. Like, the things that we see on the news, it's not how every protest is going. Like, yeah, they, you might see a lot of rioting. You might see on YouTube a bunch of, like, riot in this city, riot in that city. But majority of these protests are nonviolent. And it's literally people together trying to help the greater cause, you know. And that's exactly how it should be. Because guess what? If you're doing a peaceful protest, you're still being disruptive, but you're being disruptive in a good way. You're not damaging property. You're not breaking things. You're not stealing things. You're just there. You're, you are causing a scene, but, you know, you have there has to be some kind of spark to cause change, right? You know, if everybody just sat at home and said, hey, change, nothing would be changed. Like, like peaceful protest, it's a big enough scene and big enough spark to cause social justice and to change these kind of laws and change how things are being governed. There's no need for rioting. There's no need for destruction of anything. You just, just you being in a, in a large group, that's enough. It'll shut down the street. It'll, it'll show how, how strong we are, you know, in unison. And the scary thing about big groups is... It is a big spark, but guess what? It, somebody could just throw one rock, and guess what? Shit goes haywire. You know, somebody throws one rock at a cop. Somebody shoots, you know, one gun in the air, and guess what? Shots fired every, everywhere. Yeah. Because 
you know, deep down inside, cops are gonna, are gonna protect our lives. And, and if someone hears gunfire, guess what? That's gonna be followed with gunfire. And guess what? You have those people that are, that are on edge that are protesting and all it takes is somebody to throw a rock and guess what? They're, they're so hyped about this event that they're gonna pick up a rock and they're gonna throw it too just because they wanna look cool and stuff. This isn't about looking cool. You know, this is about us being equal, about looking equal because we are equal, you know? You are right. And then also there was videos on the internet that all oh, cops are creating this because they're in the crowd and stuff like that with like, you know, wire tapes and stuff like that. Like these police officers are going undercover to find out who are the people that are creating damn violence. They want, they want to target the people that are directing the crowd and agitating them towards doing things like throwing rocks, bricks, and fighting against police. So they're, they're not necessarily causing the riots to get worse. They're just undercover trying to take out the people that are causing problems, man. But we don't know what's happening on the ground and we'll definitely touch upon this subject again and we'll see what's happening, man. But you, you said it beautifully, man. We need, you know, justice in the system. And that's what, that's what this is all about right now. All right, guys. It's a beautiful way to, it's a beautiful way to wrap it up, Matthew. Thank you guys for, for tuning in. We are still doing our, our whoop end. If anybody wants to join, for you to join a whoop, hit Matt, me up, or a couple nurses Instagram. You know, if you want to join our, our whoop team, whoop community, you know, we stay, stay fit because there's riots going on and we got to run from, you know, those anarchists. Guess what, dude? I'm healthy. According to my whoop end, good recovery. I'll be able to run further and faster. And then as well, it's all about bettering yourself and getting stronger because, hey, clearly the government can't protect us. So we have to become our own, you know, protectors in a way and of your family. So nothing better than getting fit and being as in the best shape of your life as you can before the current world situation. Yep. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time. Whoop, whoop. Later, guys. Ciao.